morning, we're going to wrap up this book of Galatians as we share together this conversation. What does it look like to have true faith? What does it look like to have a faith peeled away from all of the stuff that gets added in? I had a conversation last week. Someone asked me, what is, what is the agenda of this sermon series? And, you know, my, my first thought was, well, there's no agenda to this, right? But the reality is there is an agenda to it. The agenda to it is that we might have a faith that really reflects Jesus. That we might have a faith that really reflects what Jesus talked about and the way Jesus lived. And to do that, to do that, it requires some introspection. It requires each of us to look at the way that we understand our faith, the way we live out our life, and ask ourselves, who is Jesus in us? You know, as we kind of run to the end of this and and ask ourselves, well, what is it, what is it that Paul is saying in this in this letter? It is this that we're to be good to everybody. If you take nothing away from the last six weeks, take that. That we should be good to everybody. I would guess each of us grew up with a a mother that said to us, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't be nice, what else is there? And truly, as followers of Jesus, our task is, is to be nice to people, to love people. That's how people know who Jesus is. I, I say often, don't worry about memorizing tons of scripture. The only scripture some people will ever hear or see is the life they live. That has incredible value. That has an incredible impact on folks. Paul's talking in this, in this letter about our need to level the playing field. And what I mean by that is that, that we all come to Christ in the same way and we live out our life in Christ on a level playing field as well. Some of you took the mission tours this last summer And as we traveled around St. Joseph, it was clear we don't all live on a level playing field, right? When we run for World Vision and you donated money, we did that to dig wells in Africa because they don't have clean water. It's not a level playing field. When we pack boxes for Operation Christmas Child, They go around the globe because, well, we don't live in a level playing field. We're going to talk about grace today. And grace grace emphasizes that we receive not what we deserve, but we receive this gift from God. To receive grace, to receive that gift of God is to is to know that that it's not about us, right? It's about God. And how we treat other people 
needs to be a reflection of that same kind of love and grace that we've received. To do that, to do that, Paul tells us that we really need to humble ourselves. Humbling, humbling is important. Now, it's not to be humiliated. It is to offer up ourselves as humble. James 4.10 says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he'll lift you up. We have this great fear, I think, that if, if we give something up, that, that it's going to cost us. And the reality in the gospel is when we give things up, that's when we receive. When we give things up, that is, that is when God meets us where we are. And the blessing is incredible. It's going to take a change in the mindset of our culture. It's going to change everything when we decide that we will in fact do what Jesus asked us to do. Yesterday, Carol and I were at Mizzou's homecoming, which was always fun. I mean, it ended up being fun because we won, but but we were sitting in front of a group of folks that that we, they were let, let's let's just call them a rowdy group of people, and they were they were sharing lots of thoughts about life and sharing thoughts about things going on. and And one of the guys, I, I couldn't help, he said this. He said, "You know, I was at the lake last weekend," and I'm thinking, "Here we go." He said, I was at the lake last weekend, and I was, I was out with a friend of mine on his boat. Trust me, folks, I had a boat. This guy was out on a yacht. And, and he's out on this yacht, and he said, you know, we were looking out at, at the lake, and we were looking out at everything around us. And he said, my friend, my friend said, you know, I wonder what the poor people are doing today. And I bit my tongue. You know, that's the kind of mindset that gets us in trouble. It's the kind of mindset that has over and against. And the very nature of the gospel of Christ is to find that level playing field. That we help others. That we love others. That we do good for whom? Everyone. We do good for everyone. That we're a new creation in Christ. And that new creation, that new creation lives differently. I'd love to tell you that when you come to Christ, it's like flipping on a light switch. And boom, everything's different. Now the light comes on. I will grant you that. But once we come to that knowledge of Christ, it's a light that hopefully continues to glow brighter. It's one that continues to deepen the connection and the relationship with Christ. What Paul is talking about today is clarifying that in a way that allows us to live a life that reflects Jesus, reflects the love and the grace of Christ. And so today, I'm going to share with you the sixth chapter of Galatians. I've just read parts of other chapters I hope that you filled in the blank. Today, this is a short chapter, and I want to share it all with you because there's really none of it that I could, I could edit out. Here's what Paul says. He says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, you should, who live by the Spirit, you should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, 
or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in that way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they're something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, we have opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised. They may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters, and all God's people said, Amen. Paul is making closing arguments. He's making closing arguments about all of these things that he has written about and talked about, all of the things that he encourages us as followers of Jesus to do. And as he spoke to the first church, he speaks to us, saying, you know, you've acquired all this other thought for some reason. You have encompassed all of this old law that truly Jesus came to free you from. Stop. This grace, this gift of God is meant to restore you. It's to make you God's new creation. Quit slipping back into the old way. Quit slipping back into trying to practice Jewish law when in fact you have great opportunity. It's important for us because we can slip into, we can slip into things that, that really do not reflect Jesus. What's our challenge today? Somebody says, I'm a Christian and we all want to fall in behind. Folks, be careful with that. There, there are people out there today that, that are using that only that, that discussion of circumcised and uncircumcised. They, they could care less if you do anything other than follow them. Their desire is not that you follow Christ, but that you follow them. That's a dangerous place to be. That's what Paul's talking about to the church. 
There are people that didn't want them to follow Jesus, but wanted them to follow what they wanted, what they held up as having value. True Christian faith lifts up one thing and one thing alone, and that's Jesus, because that's what restores us. That is that is the life. If we got what we deserved, which was the the case prior to Jesus coming, it didn't end well for anybody. But in the grace of Jesus, we're given new life. We're given new life, not only at the end, but now. A new life to live, to level the playing field, to lift others up, to reflect that love and that grace of Christ. He just asks us to have some integrity, some honesty. Why do we do what we do? A question that that really bears the asking for each of us. Why do we do what we do? And if if the answer is, is some selfish ambition, we need to rethink it. Ask God to help us with it. If it is, in fact, to lift up and make known Jesus, Lord, may your Holy Spirit continue to fan that flame. May your Holy Spirit continue to do great things through us. My friends, what we're talking about, what we're talking about is grace. Loving each other. I uh, I had a colleague this week posted something up, and, and I just, ah. Uh, do, do you ever have those times where you just have to kind of hold on to your hands so you stay off the keyboard? Bite your tongue so you don't say something that you wished you hadn't? He said, friends, you need to be careful because they have sent witches and warlocks to be in all your congregations because Halloween's coming. I thought, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why would you even say that? I'll tell you why he said it. He wants to scare people. And in this season of Halloween, nothing comes to the surface more than as Christian people, we need to scare people into their faith. I mean, there'll be places even around this community where they're going to invite our kids to come and they're going to bring them in and in in just a few short moments, they're going to try to scare them to a point that they will come to faith in Jesus. That is absolutely a terrible idea. It's like inoculating them with just enough Jesus that they'll never catch Jesus. They'll never have true faith. They they may be scared for the moment. You know, what would happen if I had a car wreck on the way home? Grace will cover. What what would happen if, if I did something that was really terrible and then I died? Grace will cover. They need to know that. They need to know that. Not so they don't do something stupid, but because we all do something stupid. And the grace of Jesus Christ meets us there. grace of Christ makes us who we are. As Paul makes this final argument, he asks us to know ourselves. To know ourselves. This, uh, th- I love this quote. It's from Pastor Tim Keller, not Tom Keller, who leads our praise and worship team. He says this. He says, you don't know yourself until you know yourself in relationship to God. You don't know yourself till you know yourself in relationship to God. It means we know we're not God, right? 
It means that we know God is God and that we know that the grace of God is the thing that brings us life and faith and hope. That, that's the good news of the gospel. Love your neighbor. I say it every Sunday. I'm going to say it every Sunday as long as I can draw breath and make my way to the platform. Love your neighbor. I said earlier this morning, there's only one phrase that I have said more than love your neighbor, and that is to my wife to say, I love you. And she kind of went, I'm not sure that's really true either, but no, it is true. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Not because of anything that they've done. They, they may have done things that just make you crazy angry. Love your neighbor. It doesn't have to be the person next door. It happens to be everybody on this planet. Everybody on this planet. Not because of what they deserve, but because God loves them. Because God loves you. Because God loves me. It's the new kingdom. It's the new way of life. What we say and do matters. It really does. You know, I'm often struck by I'm out in public and people will say, oh, you're, you're Doug Walter. You're the pastor at Ashland. Yes, yes, I am. And I'm proud of that. And then I stop and think, hmm, what did you just see me do? Not always, but... You know what I mean. Sometimes I'm out in in places that people will say, oh, you're a pastor. And you know what? There should never be a dissonance between you're a pastor or you're the pastor at Ashland and anything other than I live a life to serve Christ. And sometimes I do the right thing and sometimes I don't. But when I don't, when I don't know this, I'm sorry. And the grace of God lets me start again. And the grace of God lets you start again. We're not going to be perfect this side of heaven. Doesn't mean that we don't try. Doesn't mean that we don't give it our best shot. But it means that. It means that no matter what, God loves us. My question for you today, and don't just answer me. I want you to think about it a minute. And, and here's the other part of that is, I think we do what we plan to do. If we don't plan to do it, maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. If we plan to do it, most of us go out of our way to make sure that it happens. So my question for you this morning is this, are you willing to change? Say yes. A little half-hearted, let's try it again. Are you willing to change? We plan what we, we do what we plan to do. And changing, changing is something important for all of us. We get afraid of it because change sometimes means that we have loss. When we change for Christ, the promise is we always have gain. My friends, I'm going to leave you with this. To God be the glory. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, help us. Help us to live a life that, that reflects you. 
one that that even when we're disappointed, even when we're angry, even when we don't understand, we continue we continue to do what you ask us to do. To love our neighbor. To love you. To do good. Lord, help us that we might live a life truly reflective of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask that blessing in your name.